Eric Weller loves football. I mean, I think he wants to spend time with his family after so many years away, but at some point he'll get the itch, I think, to be around football on a regular basis. And if I'm the Ravens, I would want a guy like that with me than being a guy who's working for somebody else. Watching the Super Bowl, you see Matthew Stafford's like ankle get bent a different way. You see Joe Burrow go to the ground like, ah! The Ravens, Every skeptic week. in me, I'm like, oh, he done. Back on the field next play! No. How did these guys do this? Unfortunately, I do think there'll be a corner here playing a prominent role next year who's not on the team right now. Ooh. In, in one form. Sounds kind of like a bold prediction. Yeah, in one form or another, there will be, I think. Oh, I love when you give us your hot takes, <laughs> the predictions, when you put a stamp on the Clifton stamp. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. It's me and Clifton Brown stepping in for Garrett Downing, who's on vacay. Get used to hearing that. This is vacay season. Uh And you know, Garrett, (laughs) nobody better take a vacation than my guy, Garrett Downing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Got to throw him under the bus at the start, Cliff. Yeah, he can't defend himself. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Glad to have you here, buddy. Thank you. Uh, So we're going to talk about our Super Bowl takeaways um, and some interesting news that came out of the Super Bowl with Calais Campbell. Then uh, answer some of your questions. Uh, so let's start with uh, the Rams' win over the Bengals. Cliff, just kind of, uh, A, were you rooting for the Rams or were you rooting for the Bengals like Garrett was, <laughs> a Joe Burrow stan, we found out on the last episode? Were you pulling, like, which way, you know, when you're watching, kind of which way did you find yourself being pulled? You know, I was kind of pulling for the Bengals because I'm a sucker for wow. underdogs. Wow. I, Another I like, one. I like underdogs. I like, uh, I'm from Philly, man. I like underdogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. I got so, the dogs reference. Right. So I was. I felt like it was a great story for them. Now, it's not like the Rams have been on top for a long time, but I did feel they were the better team, and it was more improbable story for the Bengals to win. Yeah. But what I really wanted was a heck of a game, and that's what I got. By the late in the third quarter, I was very satisfied that, yeah. okay, I don't know who's going to win. It's going to be decided. This is two great teams going at. That's what I love to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I found myself rooting for the Rams, for sure. I just didn't want to see the Bengals get the glory. You know, some teams deserve to stay down. You You know what I mean? You hate it, (laughs) right? Cleveland, they can stay without a Super Bowl. You know, my opinion, my humble opinion. Cincinnati, they're still in that same category for me. Only two teams in the AFC North that's won one, Cliff. It's true. Us and the Steelers. We got to catch, we got a little ground to make up on the Steelers. I'll say that. Well, let's, uh, we're going to do it. There we go. There right. we go. But there are some, there are some interesting takeaways, uh, for me. And, and one being, you know, what's really wild is how close. And I know Ravens fans are tired of hearing the how close, you know, point being made. We all know how close we were the last six losses of the season, but like, isn't it kind of wild that the Ravens almost beat the Rams? Should have beat the Rams. Like, when they had 18 players on injured reserve, second to last game of the season. I mean, we should have won that game. We had no business winning the game, and they were the eventual Super Bowl champions. Should have beat the Super Bowl champions with one arm and two legs tied behind our back. We were just gimping with one left hand. We were throwing punches. I mean, (laughs) that's all we had, and we always beat them. Right. I mean, obviously, who was picking the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl in September? Even when the playoffs began, who was picking a Bengals Rams Super Bowl? Yeah. It's very, very hard to win one. And it just reinforces the notion that if you keep knocking on the door, 
you can break through. So the Ravens, with all the injuries that they had this year, barely missed the playoffs. I honestly don't think that the team, the way it would have gone into the playoffs, would have really had a, a great shot to make a run. Oh, no, I don't think so. But any season that you could get in the playoffs could be your year. Mm-hmm. And the consistency that the Ravens have as an organization and having the talent they have on this team and the talent they're going to acquire during this offseason, I think, you know, their window, I, I'm reading about, you know, is their window closed? How big is it? I think the window's wide open for the Ravens here in the next four or five years yep. to do special things. And, but you could say that about 10 or 12 organizations. Yeah, well, the interesting thing was obviously the Rams went all in, right? I mean, they don't have a first-round draft pick till 2055. That's mm-hmm. an exaggeration. Right. But, like, they did the all-in strategy. They traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded midseason for Von Miller. You know, they picked up Odell Beckham. And on one hand, like, I looked at it, and, and obviously it paid off, right? They won. Absolutely. Right. On on part of me also was like when Odell went down in the first quarter or whatever it was with his knee injury, and then they were throwing to these dudes who, like, nobody had ever even heard of before. I was like, how much depth do the Rams have? Because, like, you're in the Super Bowl right now. A guy you you just picked up, like, who got cut, he was that big a part of your team. Like, like I don't know. I just wonder, like, the Rams had the stars, and the stars ended up winning it for them. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald made the play. Cooper Cup made the play. But, like, this all-in strategy of theirs almost didn't pay off because they almost lost when one player, Odell Beckham, went down with an injury in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, if you sell out to get a player and then they go down – and if you don't have the depth behind them, like that's what the Ravens model is, right? Is like always have that depth, always have the next guy there, right? Because you're not just like going all in to get these stars. I don't know. It paid off. They won the game, but they almost didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You see where I'm going with this? I do. I mean, sure. The My feeling is if you win it, whatever you did was worth it. Right. So... Right. I yes. mean, Aaron Donald. No, Aaron Donald was a player they drafted. Exactly. That wasn't somebody that, like, the guy that they drafted ended up winning it in the end. Cooper Cup was the MVP. Right. They drafted right. Cooper Cup, right? right. Now, right. Von Miller and Odell, like, would they have gotten there without them? Maybe and of not. course, Stafford. No, right. No way. Of course, Stafford. That right. was the biggest. The quarterback right. is the biggest. I, you sell whatever you have to to get the quarterback. Right. But I'm just saying, like, selling out to get those other guys, and then Odell goes down, and you really didn't have much left. No, but again, they did it, and the key is to be good enough so that when you do make the big move, it puts you over the top or gives right. you a chance to right. go over the top. And they certainly were. Right. If you add three studs to a team that's won two games, they just get better, but they still don't win a championship. Right. right. So an organization like the Ravens have been so good at always draft, you know, drafting and acquiring talent so that they're in the mix. Yeah. And the Rams were good enough that they truly were a piece or two away, and they decided to push all their chips in. Mm-hmm. But they already had a good hand to start with. Well, the funny, but the interesting thing too is like this isn't the first time that they've done that, and it hasn't paid off in previous years. I mean, when Jalen Ramsey, like they didn't win the Super Bowl last year or get to it, you know, and they like gave up a lot to get Jalen Ramsey and ended up being in such a cap in hell that we got you know Marcus Peters for nothing basically because they had to shed salary cap space, right? So it's, I mean, ultimately it paid off for them. But me, like one of my takeaways, even though they won it all, is. You know what? I like the Ravens strategy. I, 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 and, and really, you kind of want a mixture of both. And that's what Eric Costa has shown, right? It's like, is he going to trade two first round picks? 
No, no, he is not doing it. I don't think he's trading one first round pick. I think you'd have to ask him for one of his children for a second round pick. <laughs> like, I mean, like it, it would be, it would be uh, a lot to ask, but Let's not forget the fact that Eric DaCosta has made some big moves before the trade deadline in recent years. I mean, like I said, getting Marcus Peters back in 2019 was a big move. Didn't cost the Ravens a lot, but that was a big addition. Yeah. Get, getting Yannick Ngakwe was a big addition. The Ravens gave up, what, a third-round pick? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot for, Raven, for the Ravens to give up a third-round pick. And that could have been a big move. It didn't end up panning out, but not for lack of taking a swing at it. Yeah, Eric will tell you himself he loves to trade yeah. and he's aggressive. Exactly. But he also is going to make sure that he doesn't mortgage the entire future. Exactly. To to uh you know make a make a splashy move. So what you said is true. I mean the Ravens they are a mix, but the key to me is always the draft. Every year bringing in more and more talent. There's always going to be injuries as we saw so much this year. Right. And there's always going to be players getting older. So if you keep bringing in talent, the way the NFL is set up, where everything is kind of geared towards parity, you have to keep bringing in what separates them and able to win year after year is the teams that draft well, to me, are the teams that over the long haul, they're the ones that always have a shot to do something. Exactly. I, I think that that's to me, is like you just have to keep putting yourself, like you said before, in the dance. And the Ravens are one of those teams. Are they going to be, are they the best team entering next year? I don't know. You have to be one of the best five to seven, right? Which, guess how many teams make the playoffs? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, you have to be one of those top seven teams. And anybody that gets in there, I think, has a chance. And that's what the Ravens, year after year after year after year after year, put themselves in the position to be one of the top contenders. And I expect that they will do so again. I, I think the question a lot of people are asking now or talking about is, okay, since he didn't win at all, but ah, they'll be back. Look at Joe Burrow. Look at all the young talent they have. You know, they'll be back. Don't count your chickens. Right. I thought after 2019, I thought after 2019, the Ravens would be right back in the AFC Championship next year. Didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm not taking, the Bengals have a lot of talent, and I think Joe Burrow is very good. Mm-hmm. I'm on the record. So could they? Absolutely. I think they're legit. I think they're going to be one of those contenders that I'm talking about, like one of those top seven teams. But it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Like, you know, Dan Marino, right. like you wrote about. Right. No guarantees. We just went through almost two decades of going against Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, Steelers won, what, two in his career, which is good. But just because the Bengals are young and talented does not guarantee that they're ever going to win a Super Bowl. And it's never easy to win one. I mean, yes, the Bengals are good. The Bills are good. The Chiefs are good. They're probably Chargers, not, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah, going there's away. There's guys. always going to be somebody or some bodies yeah. you have to run through. <laughs> if you don't want to run through them, you don't deserve to get one. Right. So, no, I'm not scared of the Bengals. <laughs> I'm impressed right. and feel that they're going to be a good team for the next four or five years. That doesn't mean the, the Ravens can't win a Super Bowl or two during that time period. Right. Well, and the interesting thing is you look at, you know, people, well, the Ravens got smacked up by the Bengals twice this year which they did. Absolutely. You know what happened last year, though? Ravens smacked the Bengals up twice by a more lopsided score than this year. And the Bengals flipped that pretty fast. Really fast. So what's to say the Ravens can't flip it again? They can. I mean, NFL, things don't carry over from year to year in a big way. I I, I just think that with the, the, the parity, 
the amount of players involved, 11 guys on each side, 53. It's not like the NBA where if you get like two studs, then you're pretty much going to be a good team for the next eight or nine years. Right. NFL doesn't work like that. Again, who thought the Bengals? People were laughing when the Bengals were telling you this year they thought they could make the playoffs right. back in September. People are like, oh, you're you guys won four four games? Right. And then they're in the Super Bowl. Right. So it can it, it does not carry over. Next year, they could be good, but they could be a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Totally. You just don't know. Right. So well, they, and they right. had a, a freakishly good health streak. This they did. Year. Like they had really. It's no surprise that two of the healthiest teams in the league ended up playing in the Super Bowl. Right. Health is a huge factor. All those stars you named for the Rams, they were all playing in that game. And, and even Beckham went out in the second quarter, but Jalen Ramsey played this season. Aaron Donald played this. Matthew Stafford played Cooper Cup. Every right. week, I'm seeing them on the field. While I'm writing about the latest Ravens injury, <laughs> I'm looking up at the screen watching these guys scoring touchdowns. Right. So hopefully next year, the Ravens, all the guys that were hurt, you know, we'd be here all, all day and listen to our injuries. Right. Hopefully most of those guys are going to play all of next year. Well, watching the Super Bowl, you see Matthew Stafford's like ankle get bent a different way. You see Joe Burrow go to the ground mm-hmm. like, ah! screaming bloody murder, mm-hmm. you know, holding his knee. And I'm like, the Ravens, you know, Every skeptic week. in me. I'm like, oh, he done. Oh, he's done. Back on the field next play. How do these guys do this? Unfortunately. Where, why can't luck. we be Gumby? It's luck, man. I mean, it's it's luck. I mean, I don't like to see anybody go down. Right. So. I'm not saying I wanted right. to, but it was just like, I was just like the Ravens, you know, fan of me. I was like, oh, he's injured. He's out for four weeks. You know what I mean? I was telling, I've told several people this year, the, I don't ever remember all the sports I've covered for as long as I've been doing. I never remember after a practice, two players being out for the year. Right. Until this year. Right. When Peters and Gus went down in the same practice. I've never heard of that. Right. For the, not for the year. I've heard of two guys getting hurt in the same practice. But two guys out for the year in the same practice? Right. Well, I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> but that was, that was to me, that was an omen. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, I mean, I'll admit, I was saying back in September, you know, I just have, I just don't feel that. This is the Ravens' year. I just didn't mm-hmm. feel it. That there's some years, no matter what you do, you're not winning a championship. Right. I just felt that this was one of those years for the Ravens. Right, right. Well, one guy who did win a championship who we're both, uh, I'm sure, very happy for is Eric Weddle. Yes. Came out of retirement to win one. That was, I, I think, really why I was pulling for the Rams sure. the hardest. And I will say, I don't know if he's getting enough. He's getting a lot of credit for, like, just playing the entire game because he apparently tore his peck or whatever in like the, the first or second quarter. I saw the picture oh too. Oh my god, pretty gnarly. Yes. Yeah, uh, and still put, finished the game. But I think also on the last play of the game where Aaron Donald took down Joe Burrow, Weddle deserves some credit in that. When I watched that back slow, Burrow looks to his left and I think he wanted a quick slant on that fourth Weddle down took play. Took it away. And Weddle's Weddle was moving mm-hmm. and he kind of then started. That's when he started rolling to his right mm-hmm. and it was just too late. Mm-hmm. Donald was going to get him. So big I mean, props. Yeah, Weddle. Everyone ever talks about how smart he is, how he can see things before they happen. I mean, all over the field, he's he's got eyes in the back of his head. He studies so much film, but it is an incredible story. I mean, it's not. Anyone can understand that that's a difficult thing to do to right. come off 
you know, not not your couch because again, I think as I've reading Tony Jefferson saying, anybody knows Eric Weddle, he's he was never on the couch. <laughs> he wasn't playing, but he wasn't right. on the couch. But still playing basketball. <laughs> exactly. And watching film right. and watching every game. But that's an incredible thing to do. I mean, you're gonna come back for the playoffs. Right. For the for the biggest games of the year, I'm gonna step in as a starter. And help a team win a Super Bowl. And calling the plays. Yes. That's pretty wild. I know. I mean, Incredible. relaying the plays. Hats off to Eric Weddle. Congratulations. Yeah, very cool. The other interesting wrinkle out of that comes from uh, Jeff Zrebeck, our guy Jeff, mm-hmm. reported that uh, that Eric Weddle was on a kind of a special assignment, doing special assignment work for the Ravens and Eric DaCosta for several years, and that there was talk before training camp this past year, 2021, that he could – have an expanded in-person role with the team in kind of a coaching and personnel role, which is fascinating. I, I did not know anything about that. Um, but he, you know, Jeff was kind of wondering, could Eric return potentially in some kind of front office coaching, whatever role, right. which would be interesting. I, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, why wouldn't you want Eric Weddle as someone in your organization who you could bounce ideas off of, who he could bring ideas to you? He's got the player's perspective, too, as well as being a guy from both knowing what makes players tick, knowing the game so well. I just think that, yeah, he'd be, he would be an asset to any organization. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so, to me, thinks outside the box. Even, even have the gumption to do what he did. Yep. And then being able to pull it off. And Sean McVay doesn't make that call to any player. There are other great players who, you know, a year or two away from the game, you wouldn't make that call because you just wouldn't think that they would be connected to the game anymore the way Eric Weddle is. Mm -hmm. But Eric Weddle loves football. I mean, I think he wants to spend time with his family after so many years away. But at some point, he'll get the itch, I think, to be around football on a regular basis. And if I'm the Ravens, I would want a guy like that with me than being a guy who's working for somebody else. Right, right, totally. Might have to guarantee uh, California weather for that to happen. I, he's a West Coast guy. That's the only thing I, I'm like, would he give up the West Coast weather for a full-time position here? Maybe? I think I think the form, four-letter word out of his mouth would be Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the other big news out of the big game was Calais Campbell uh, with Sky Sports. And he said that he is not going to retire this offseason, which I was predict. I told Garrett that that's kind of what I read from Eric DaCosta's comments mm-hmm. in his season-ending press conference that Calais, he said he was going to have some more conversations with Calais Campbell and talked about how great he think, thinks he still is as a player and what he offers in, in terms of being a mentor to the younger players and all that stuff. Calais made it official seeing uh, Eric Weddle and the Rams celebrate out there in L.A. He's like, man, that thrill to see the the absolute joy on those faces he wants to chase another ring so the question now is is he going to chase that ring with the ravens Mm -hmm. he is a pending unrestricted free agent what do you think what's what's your gut tell you on calais and his future my gut tells me he'll be back um because i know he loved playing here Mm -hmm. loved it and i know he thinks that this team healthy has a legitimate shot right so unless he can go somewhere else that has there's no way he's playing for a team that he doesn't think oh, no. has a chance with Super Bowl. Right. So that already narrows it down. Right. Right. I um think- right. And and at this stage too, if he were just going somewhere chasing the ring, but wasn't sure how much he would really like playing there, coming to work every day, 
dealing with the coaching staff, the teammates, all those questions are answered here in a positive way. Right. He he could go somewhere else to a good team, but not really, you know, some of the guys he's playing with, he doesn't feel like they're working hard enough, the coach, you know, that not really listening. Yeah. No. He doesn't want to deal with any of that. Exactly. So, and I know the Ravens or no, I really feel strongly they want him back. So mm-hmm. when it, when the player wants to come back and the team wants him back, it usually happens. <laughs> exactly. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, is there another team that maybe has a better shot next year than the Ravens? I don't know, maybe. Like, but how much better? Like, I mean, I think he looks at it and I think the Ravens certainly fall in the category of they're going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. Like, you'd be splitting hairs if you said, well, I think I have a better shot with whatever, the Chiefs or the Bills or whoever, neither of which those teams made it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, so, like, it's anybody's guess, and I completely agree with you. Just getting accustomed to another culture, another city, all that stuff is more hassle than whatever you would be gained by splitting hairs and saying, well, I think this team has a slightly better chance, plus of just what he's invested here. Like, he's already invested in these guys here and winning a championship and, and the players around him. He loved playing here. Yeah. He did. I, I would be. And and some people are also saying, well, Eric Tacosta said he wants to get younger on the defensive line. That doesn't mean that we're going to have three new starters next year. Like, you can get younger and also get one more year out of Clayus Campbell or, or, or whatever. Or maybe it's a two-year contract. I don't know. Right? But I think Calais will help kind of bridge that make that transition, right? Like you draft a defensive lineman, even if it were a first rounder, I want Calais Campbell mentoring that guy. Yes. As a senior in this room, let me stick up for Calais. (laughs) Younger is not always better. Whoa. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, Calais, again, as you mentioned, Ryan, why wouldn't you want a guy like that around in so many ways? And – I think it's very important and people recognize it's not like he's just out there taking up space. Yep. He's still he's still a really good player. Yep. And on a team like this where he doesn't have to play uh, 70, 70 snaps a, a game under normal season where everybody else isn't hurt, he could he could have a better year next year. Certainly. It's possible. Well, yeah, and I, I'm interested to see what Mike McDonald will do with his role. Uh, you know, and if the Ravens get another playmaker in the, on the defensive line that frees Calais up a little bit more, mm-hmm. that would be that would be great. And if we're talking about run defense, you know, Brandon Williams is a pending unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. If Brandon were to move on to another team, who knows what's going to happen there? I would feel good about having Calais Campbell back as a, as a premier run stopper. If you're going to lose a guy like a Brandon Williams, yeah, and Derek Wolf's coming off surgery too. Exactly. I mean, so yeah. Sunday is right around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users enter code FLOG when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOG and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's jump into a few emails here. We have four. Y'all have been active in emailing The Lounge. We appreciate it. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. First one comes from Gary Kluger, and he said, uh, All year we've been hearing about how good Joe Burrow is, but now that he was beaten in the Super Bowl and sacked 16 times in two games, what? when do we get to talk about how, quote, the other NFL teams have figured Joe Burrow out, right? 
What he's saying is basically, everybody says this about Lamar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Lamar losing the playoffs. It's, well, Lamar got figured out. Why aren't people saying the same thing about Joe Burrow is essentially the question. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I'll answer it this way. I definitely feel Lamar is judged pretty harshly for a guy who's accomplished as much as he has, as quickly as he has. Mm-hmm. So, if yeah, the point he's trying to make is, yeah, in a kind of sarcastic way, yeah, why aren't they taking the shots at Joe that are taking at Lamar? To me, that's something Lamar's just going to have to deal with during his career, particularly until he wins the Super Bowl. Right. I think he handles the criticism extremely well. Um and he's motivated by it in some ways, which I think is good. And I think he does a pretty good job of tuning it out. But I honestly feel that, yes, I mean, during Lamar's career, particularly until he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to get some criticism that, to me, is over the top. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you kind of sign up for. I mean, right. he can handle it. Right. I think part of it too is, you know, Lamar plays a very unique style of game that everybody's always going to question. Can that, you know, anytime you're different, you get judged differently. And there's going to be critics out there who say, I don't like different. Different's bad. Mm -hmm. I like, I happen to like different. I like that Lamar plays a different style of game that gives the Ravens an advantage Mm -hmm. in many regards. Um, so, you know, until he wins with that different style of play, I think people are going to question that. Wins, wins it all. Wins he's, it all. He's won a lot. He's won a lot. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting. Uh, next question comes from Patrick Kuhn. Question is, uh, maybe it is or maybe it isn't a bold prediction, but I'm calling an international game for the Ravens this coming season. Mm. I'm well, down, Cliff. If we're drawing <laughs> straws for who gets to go on the internet, look, I'll pull for us both. Uh, okay. Right, I already know what, how this is going to turn out. <laughs> you give me the, you know, the, the soft shoe, you know, the sympathy thing. <laughs> You're looking for your passport. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at home. I've got mine in my back pocket uh, right that's now. That's okay, man. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. So he says, uh, Baltimore doesn't play west of the Mississippi in the 2022 regular season. So from a travel standpoint, they probably have about the least number of miles to travel for away games. Prime for schedulers to target an international assignment. He said there's five international games in 2022. One in Mexico. Two, uh, I think, in England, right? Is that right? Or two at Tottenham. And then one at Wembley Stadium. Then we got a game in Germany. That's the one I heard, the new one in the, the mix, G- Germany. Germany. I thought I'd read that. I'm signing up for that. I hear you. You can see Hofbrau House, big old Stein. I'll send you a picture, buddy. I know you will. <laughs> and I'll laugh. <laughs> and you'll, you'll, be have, you'll be having a good time, I'm sure. I have no doubt. I'll be wearing my lederhosen. <laughs> we'll be ready to rock. Uh, so what do you think? You, you gonna, you gonna stamp that also? You kind of feeling an international assignment for the Ravens? Yeah, not as strongly probably as him. He's put a lot of thought into that. But yes, he kind of mapped it out. I do say this though. Yeah, Lamar is, is box office. I mean, they like putting Lamar on the big stage for right. good reason. So yeah, I think the Ravens are always going to be in the mix for, you know, whether it be primetime, international. Right. And with the league trending that way, all teams, particularly the better teams, they're gonna they're gonna have some of these games. Well, and, and we play the Jags this year, who that, often play in would, London. That adds more. Haven't been there since twenty seventeen. 
that was a fun trip, except for the game. Everything was fun. Until the game, right? Until the game. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, I'm kind of feeling it too. I'm kind of feeling it. Yeah, I think Patrick's on to something here. I hear you. I like it. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, next email. This one comes from Scott Phillips. He says, uh, first of all, he wants Garrett and I to do a bet this year on who gets more draft guesses correct. Uh, might have to wager a couple chicken bucks on that. That's what Garrett and I call it because you get, you know, you win a bet by a chicken sandwich. Chicken okay. bucks. Just a little insight to those out there. Uh, he says, his question to both of you, or to both of us, is with a stockpile of high round draft picks this year, uh, thanks to the comps from Cullen. Cullen? Maybe some David Cully. That's what we mean. Ah, I was like, what? We right. didn't get one for Joe Cullen? No. Cully. Would have been there nice. There we go. Right. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yes, Cully, Ngakwe, and, and Judon, and the trades of Sean Wade and Bredesen. What do you guys anticipate our approach to the draft will be? He says, the fact that we have so many in the first four rounds is interesting. Do you see combining picks to trade up in this year's draft from number 14? What do you think, Cliff? Well, trading up for 14, slight possibility, but I, I would I would bet against that. But I mm-hmm. definitely see them trading up in other rounds, second, third round, because, yes, I do feel that there, there's going to be a situation where they clearly want – this player, particularly if it's offensive line and pass rusher, defensive, one of the areas that we're all talking about them strengthening. And Eric has talked about them trying to strengthen. If there's that guy and he's three picks away, why not? And you have all these draft picks. Why not go up and get that guy? So, yes, there will be, as always, with Eric and, and Ozzy before him, maneuvering around the draft board. Yep. And, yes, even though I don't, I'm not sure it's going to happen moving from 14 to 8 or something like that, I do think there is going to be – moving up at some point to get players that they're targeting. Yeah, I don't think that the Ravens are going to move up. I think they have so many needs, and I don't say that in a a bad way, but there's just a number of different positions that they could use, you know, that they could bolster with that first-round pick. Defensive line, offensive line, safety, cornerback. You know, you have a lot of spots that you could use for that first-round pick. Inside linebacker, who knows, right? And so, I doubt that. Uh, Well, pass rusher, outside linebacker. So, anyway, I, I think that they're going to wait and take best player available at one of those spots mm-hmm. at number 14. I also don't really see them moving up a lot. Could they? Sure. Eric DeCosta is always looking to move over the board and find value and all that stuff. But let's not forget that Eric DeCosta said he wanted a lot of picks moving forward. He like, I think he said, I want to make 20 picks in the next three years or whatever. Because they know they need to have a lot of young, cheaper talent once Lamar Jackson's getting paid. Mm-hmm. They have to have, like, and you just take a lot of shots. That's kind of Eric's mentality is take shots and enough of them are going to hit the more shots you take. Like, they are not a team that says, I have to have this player and I'm going to give up, you know, another player to get him. They just aren't. So, sure, it's a possibility, but no, I don't think that they're going to look at all these these you know day two picks and early day three picks and say we're going to package these up and, and move up i i think that they're still looking to make a number of selections okay all right last email here comes from matthew uh he says with all the talented wide receivers that are going that uh we are going to face in the afc north do you see eric DaCosta revisiting any of the failed mid-season trades like the reported one for xavian howard or are there any free agent cornerbacks like J.C. Jackson that we could target instead? Mm. What do you think? 
I think the Ravens could be in the cornerback market uh, at any time. I mean, they've... At any time. Exactly. Right. They're always looking to spend money at cornerback. Yeah, they value, for some of the reasons he outlined that, they value corners. And yep. that was true long before Jamar Chase showed up and the Bengals. Yep. Uh, and then this year proved even more so why you should value corners. Yep. So, yes, they're always in the market for corner. And I could see them, whether it be free agency to draft, trade. Yes. If they can get a corner. In fact, yeah, I do think there'll be a corner here playing a prominent role next year who's not on the team right now. Ooh. In, in one Sounds form. Sounds kind of like a bold prediction. Yeah, in one form or another. There will be, I think. Oh, I love when you give us your hot takes, the predictions, when you put a stamp on the Clifton stamp. Uh, I kind of like the Xavier Howard idea, and that's one I hadn't really thought about a lot because we get in this habit of just, like, pulling up, uh, you know, next year's free agent class and saying, okay, who do we want on this list? And most of the time it ends up for the Ravens not being a guy on that list, right? It's somebody that's cut. Like, we weren't talking about Kevin Zeitler. Last year at this time, right. who ended up getting released. It was a great pick. And it was a great, great pickup. Pick yep. And and I kind of think that Xavier Howard might be somebody that we're not talking about enough. There seemed to be a lot of smoke around that midseason that Xavier Howard was a, a trade target for the mm-hmm. Ravens. We don't know if that was true or not. We do know Eric DaCosta said at the season-ending press conference that he tried to make a trade, midseason <laughs> trade, had one, and just didn't have the money to do it. Which Xavier Howard would have required some. You, they had would have needed to free up some cap space to make that happen. So we know he was looking at somebody, and usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And Xavier Howard wants out of Miami. He made that abundantly clear after the season ended with his tweets. It was like a the red X, like a <laughs> see you later, like I'm retiring. The guy's still under contract. <laughs> right. just, he wants out. He wants out. It's pretty pretty clear. I, I think the Ravens like. Like you said, are not shy about paying cornerbacks. I think, you know, the Ravens said they want to have Marcus Peters uh, back, but what's life like after he's done? You know, they were paying Jimmy Smith, not this past year, but I think the years before that, decent money. You know, is there a way they can structure a deal for Xavier Howard that basically allows him to be your, you know, not a huge cap hit this year? But then maybe he turns into a Marcus Peters replacement long term for this team and, and makes the money that Marcus Peters is making. I don't know, but I like the idea. You're right. You're right. I like it. I, I, I don't know that I see a JC Jackson just a straight up unrestricted free agent. That's generally not how the Ravens roll. Right. But I think they're spending money in some shape or form that position. Yes. at corner or safety. Yes. I think safety could be there. The shot fired in free agency. Okay. Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. I've already said, I like that idea too. Okay. So anyway, thanks for listening. Garrett should be back next week. I don't know. Maybe he'll take another vacay. Who knows if he even comes back. He might just stay wherever he is. Caribbean. Is he in the Caribbean? You know I where don't he is? No, no. He disclosed no information, man. He was a ghost. That's true. He just goes out, puts that email. Right. You, know, you email Garrett. He's got Prompted. a typo. Did you notice that he's got the automatic reply with a typo in it? That tells me that was sent from the airport. That was, I'm stepping onto the plane. <laughs> Let me put on the automatic reply typo in there. <laughs> anyway, maybe he'll be back next week, or maybe he'll still be in the Bahamas. I don't know. But uh, thanks for joining us, Cliff. Thank you. And we will be back with you next week.